1: Four years. It'll be interesting. The Houston wild card game, the AFC championship against the Chiefs, 13 seconds. That's, you know, three devastating playoff losses. No doubt. In a row. You know, I had forgotten how they blew that lead against the Texans, too. I mean, that I know game, who didn't forget Terry. But that would be four. I mean, we'll, we're kind of jumping the gun here, but the, this, this AFC is loaded. It's going to be. I guess if you're the Bills, what you're hoping is like the AFC West kind of cannibalizes itself and they just like beat each other up all year. You know, the AFC North, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm not there with the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Just, I'm not
2: there yet either. Um, I think the
1: Bengals be really good with Joe Burrow. The Brown, oh, they'll be uh, The Ravens are always good that we talked about on the last There's show. There's going to be
2: plenty. Of, we know the good teams with the quarterback. It's
1: very realistic that they could have another playoff. Loss. he's going to have,
2: don't let he, it be he, at home if it was at home here's it would define I, him as it, a head
1: coach if to do it again if it doesn't already it would he would be Marty Schottenheimer and then some Marty Schottenheimer never had a Josh Allen you know these coaches that just fall up sometimes short
2: sometimes it's be careful what you wish for right Matt like everybody knows you have to have that franchise quarterback as a head coach once you get him, and we talk about this all the time but now the pressure has shifted to you as the coach because it's always, you always have that out. Man, if I just had a quarterback, if I just had him, well, you have him. Now it's on you. And Terry knows it. They all know it. And it, it is. It's on Bean McDermott. We found
1: him too. Brandon Bean, Bean found him. We,
2: we talk about this too, Matt. Christmas list for Terry Pergola. Josh Allen's number one. Brandon Bean's number two for the gift list. Terry's not sure about Sean right now. Like, I'm, I want to give you a gift, but. And so for people who don't know, Matt
1: wrote an incredible story on. how Brandon Bean and Joe Shane kind of, I don't think there's been a story for
2: quarterback, Matt, that, that story as a scout, as a former scout, that was awesome. Because Joe, I know Joe Shane, you know, from my scouting days. And I love that story because I want people to know the the work that goes into that.
3: And it was cool that they let you kind of, you know, tell along. It was cool. Yeah. It's a, it's wild to, you know, I, I give Brandon Bean, a tremendous amount of credit for being accessible sh- and open about his process. There's not that many people that do it. He's been awesome in the media. Awesome. It's it's one of those things where you look at it and you say, Brandon Bean has, you know, if there's a good yeah. idea and there's something that, that he's game for, he's, he's open to it. And yeah, if you're how confident, how is it how is is confident,
2: hurting? No doubt. If right? you're confident like, in
3: what you do for a job. Yeah. Come watch me. Which yeah. the guys what, that aren 't
2: confident make up excuses like thirteen right. seconds
3: right. what 's funny is i I pitched the she same story that. uh to when Doug Whaley was the gm and it was shut down quicker than yeah, what know, the
1: hell Jim tell, like, you, wait you could ever bring, ever it imagine. Up, but bring it up we it no, never it up, got bring it up.
3: to doug it probably no. Never bring got it up because i'll
2: tell you right now let's do you remember it or no do you remember like the what what, what did you want to talk no i'm 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 agreeing with you no, i'm sure I, that I,
3: I pitched it to birch told was the problem you know it never was it what was it, what A was A it though but what was oh to follow follow, to follow yeah to because um doug would Syrac- not have
2: cared at all doug syracuse
3: have was playing clemson and i think you know i was like oh they must be driving down there um uh, you know, it's just was this two the hours whole, was
2: this the whole and, um,
3: um game
2: was that the big upset game
3: No, it was a couple of years before Clemson crushed them. Uh, Okay. okay. But it was one of those days where it's like, this seems like a low leverage scouting day, right? Where clearly you're just going to watch some great players. It's not like, and, but that was the difference, different PR guy, different, you know, where Doug Whaley never really got a chance to be himself and show who he was because he that. I wish
1: the world could yeah. see and Matt's
2: friendly for who he was. You know what I mean? And Matt did stuff with our boy, uh, Smoke Dixon. And,
3: and you, you know, enough to know Doug would have done that. In a Absolutely. And that's where like, you know, I, I understand, I guess, you know, people who are like, look, if I, you know, like Belichick, typically doesn't have the time of day for a lot of stuff because, you know, what do I have to gain? But Brandon Bean, you know, I think was pretty smart to be open and accessible and it didn't Mm -hmm. hurt him, right? It didn't mean he, you know, he is I think mindful of not wanting to be the guy who says, look at me, look at how great I did doing this, you know, he -hmm. he doesn't think he's doing something that other people aren't doing. He doesn't come across that way. He's just willing to be a human being and share bring it bring the fans closer to how he's doing the job and it it makes him look even better when you can go back to those stories like Tyler said and you can go back to the the story on how they you know went about scouting Josh and you can say wow like look at all these little things that they did that looked really smart now if that were the exact same story you know you guys probably went through a pretty exhaustive process to land on EJ Manuel no less exhaustive but you don't get the right guy or you're pressured into the wrong guy and people can pull up those quotes and say well, look at look at what an idiot that's the risk you're taking i guess but it shows that story and so many others i mean i remember when taron johnson made that interception in the ravens game um, right. to take them to the afc championship game a couple of years ago kind of a bumpy up and down type of career for him. Joe Shane went out to Weber state, watched him live because they have a belief that if you're going to take a guy in the first four rounds, you better have seen him live. Either Brandon or Joe had to have seen him live basically for them to take him in the first four rounds. And he, he saw, you know, he made a detour on his trip after I think watching Josh watching Harrison Phillips and somebody else, you know, funny enough, all these guys end up on the team. But he goes up to Weber State to to scout this corner. And it's like, you know, those are fun stories because you log a ton of miles as a scout. You do a lot of bankless BS and, and put up with a ton of nonsense, terrible job security, low pay for so many years, time away from from loved ones. And when you get to the point that Joe and Brandon and those people are at, like you get you, you should, you know, celebrate some of those wins and not all of them are going to be wins, but they aren't, but when you go through that type of process, I think you're probably going to have a few more wins than you're not. And, you know, I love that they let me tag along that one day on the, the scouting trip, because it really showed me like, that's as much access you, as you could possibly give. And there was really nothing to lose. I didn't, you know, people were like, oh, I'm going to be pay extra close attention to your mock drafts in, in the fall. And I'll say, okay, great. I, okay, great. Like. Do you go, I, do you go I, seven pre- rounds?
1: Do you UDFAs?
3: Well, it's like, that's I
2: appreciate it. That's I, the key. If you could do seven rounds, you officially. Know.
3: But think about it. I, okay. So I appreciate the sentiment. Like by all means follow my draft coverage more closely because I went on a scouting trip <laughs> with these guys.
1: Today. But, yeah.
3: but think about what I saw. I saw, Oh, Brandon Bean and Joe Shane scouted Alabama LSU. Hey so they're going to take a guy from Alabama or LSU. They actually only ended up with Levi Wallace, but point being, there was probably what 40 NFL guys on the field. Like how, how am I supposed to know who they're watching? They don't know who they're no. going to get. It's the fall. Same with Ole Miss South Carolina. Yeah. Were there a few guys that stood out Debo? I think Debo Samuel was on the field. Brian Edwards was there. Some good players, but AJ Brown, um, they end up with Dawson Knox. And Brandon Bean kind of, you know, was like, "Hey, look, we got one." Like, you know, he said to me after, like, that trip wasn't total waste, um, but that's what I kind of realized going on that trip was like, yeah, you could take me on the road. Like, these guys are going to see everybody. It doesn't. They might be going there, and he made this point. He's like, "I might be going there to cross somebody off my list." Like right. I see him up close, and I Which say, "Which is mm-hmm. just
2: as important." You guys exactly. are. You guys are like speaking to a, in my wheelhouse, but also there's such a community. I wish a lot of scouts could listen to this right now, but that live thing is hilarious in a good way. When I say hilarious, it's so meaningful. I can remember being, I can remember watching Cam Newton play against Tennessee Chattanooga. And in a strange country. It was, it was one of those cool, games. Strange. Just, well, I was going to bring that up. Matt's favorite player, but <laughs> I went there not to see Cam Newton. I just went there to the game. It, it followed in my schedule. It just fell right wanted to
3: see somebody nicks he was like i'll let you go on the road i was with the saints if the you time. go to check I, right. I was with the saints the Jim the time. Didn't,
1: yeah you weren't on the ej man i wasn't on the EJ trail i should
2: interject i have to always say that although yeah, we had ej on we like ej but i remember a scout <laughs> i didn't and i love ej though and that was probably one of the best podcasts in the history of podcasts yeah, that was incredible ej and i i mean i told ej flat out like yeah man you had no chance once yeah. the new regime came in but I can remember going up to the press box after pregame warmups. That's where scouts are down there on the field and you're watching things. And, and there's a scout from the Giants, I won't give his name, old veteran scout that i always respected. But he said to me, did you see that quarterback throwing the ball? He can't, you know, he can't hit anything. And I'm like, wow. My take was, yeah, I've never seen anybody look like that in my life. I don't really care right now about his accuracy. I've just, I've never seen anybody like this, like talking about Cam. I'm like, I've never seen a quarterback like That's this. Amazing. And, 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 and I remember going through the draft meetings and coach Payton wasn't a huge fan of, of, of Cam, of Cam Newton because of other things of how he wanted his franchise quarterback to be. And fair enough. I, I'm not going to disagree with anything he said. My point was look as a scout, I'm just telling you guys, I've never seen anything like this. You you can fine tune it if you want. If he can't do this, can't do that. And I know. I just have never seen anything like it. But that pre- I'm gonna give you one more example of a quarterback that I saw live. That uh, on the other end was Jay Cutler, who I loved on tape, right? Loved him. I went to his game. That damn body language that we all saw and made him famous for the you know his show on E and everything after his career. That bad body language, I saw it. And, and I Danny. talked to him about it at the Combine when we interviewed him. I remember saying to him, like, I mean, his body language coming off a bad series even at Vanderbilt. I mean, he looked like he was angry at people and blaming people. And it's it it it, it didn't concern me enough to say, no, you, you got to look at this guy. It but
1: defined his but here's career. where it
2: led. Coach Payton, that draft, looks at Matt Leiner, Jay Cutler, Vince Young. Coach Payton's looking at those guys, and he's not getting any – kind of consensus, this is our guy. Coach Payton's like, hey guys, we're going after Drew Brees. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with rookies. If we can go get this guy, I know he has an injury, but I know who he is. I know everything about him mentally. I know what he's capable of. If he's healthy, I'll take that chance. That is how we got this year. Coach Payton didn't like any of those quarterbacks.
3: Enough I to think that quarterback piece is probably as big as any for live viewings because of what you just said the the body language part of it I know Brandon Bean and Joe Shane both mentioned that that was a huge part of the 2018 process for them because they knew I mean it really started when Brandon Bean sat down for his interview for the job you know he had a rough sketch of like was that during Here. our
2: was was did they at least <laughs> interview him after our draft or was that like during the draft? Like
3: Jim was having
2: like a celebratory year. I, I always, always say, Brian Gudikis. Brian Guttekus interviewed. He interviewed before the draft. I found out later that Gudikis interviewed.
1: I'm like, shit. Sure. Do you want to say when you got the phone calls from? People? Well, I know that.
2: Yeah, they, they, Sean gave it. Yeah, we got. Well, we got fired the next day. But point being was. They were, um, anyway, they were interviewing. I think they were
3: interviewing while we were running a draft, but that's all right. Yeah, the Whatever, whenever they officially said. Whenever that, they officially, uh, right. uh, Yeah, <laughs> you know, on the yacht or wherever. Brandon did, did say Bean on where, the pod. where we'll it bring, took we'll place. We'll bring Brandon yeah. on.
2: What's we, said Brandon on? We are pro-bills. I mean, have I ever said one be- Bean hasn't, in my opinion, I think he is one of the best GMs and I think he's done a great job. I don't criticize anything they've done. Now, I will say that they got the quarterback right and it helps. He found him. He found him. I give credit but, to that. But should, that it, year,
3: that was a big, big thing was like, and, you know, they didn't come out and say this and they didn't, you know, on or off the record have never said this to me, but look at who was drafted in that class. And I don't even know how you know exactly the board was stacked. Was Josh number one? Maybe, maybe he wasn't. But how big a deal? I've heard. (laughs) How big a deal? How big a deal was body language when you had you're dealing with Baker Mayfield? But less so Baker and more so Josh Rosen. I think that was a big piece for him. The guy that a lot of people, myself included, thought like this guy is, you know. As good as any in this bunch, and you know a lot of people would have said he should be the consensus guy over Josh Allen. But I think the body language piece and the you know outside of you needed to turn the tape off and go meet him and go be around him and go feel him on the field right. and all the weird stuff scouts say. You know you gotta you gotta <laughs> body type him, you gotta size him up, you gotta you it's gotta so feel true, him. Though.
2: It's so but true. With, I'm happy, I love you guys. Buddy. But I with
3: him, that was. I think a big piece, they, they had to, they got real close to the field for that USC UCLA game. They weren't up in the press box watching that one. They got real close to the field to kind of, you know, unique opportunity. You have both those quarterbacks there, right? Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. So it's like, let's get as close as we can and feel what these guys are about to their teammates in between series, the whole thing. You're not seeing that on tape on the broadcast on any of it. And it just goes to show like these guys were ready. They were laser focused on the one thing like Jim has said it multiple times on this, this episode, like if you don't have the quarterback, you know, that's the piece. So like when Brandon being got there, it was like, let's make sure we're doing absolutely everything to get this quarterback. We're going to bring, it's your- we'll bring freaking David Cully on the plane and take him out to dinner for these privates because we're, we're bringing all these people. You know, we're bringing everybody. We're leaving nothing unturned. And, you know, well, that's I'm, how. If I'm
1: trying to find a quarterback, so I need Tully's perspective. <laughs>
3: hey,
2: but, but to, to real quick, though, to Jake, I wanted to – it just hit me when we were talking about this with the players, but Jake Cutler, just to just tell you how much they do pay attention to shit. So I'm at his pro day in Nashville at Vanderbilt. And, you know, we got to you get to know scout players, get to know scouts that, you know, you, you spend time with these guys. So they know your face. They know. And and obviously we were picking high and knew we were going to probably taking a quarterback with the Saints Cutler. We had we had just signed Breeze in free agency. So their pro day, you know, was after that. And Cutler comes up to me and I had my Saint shirt on and he remembered me. And He's like, why the fuck are you here? I like, you guys just signed Breeze. You don't want me now. He was like he was pissed off. He thought he was, you know, he thought really we and he was right. He was in the mix for that second pick of the draft. To him, that signing of Breeze just cost him money, and he was right. Not at the end of the day, he was fine, but, you know. He, he really was, said it like that? He looked at me like, "What the fuck are you here? Yeah, you know, but he was, but I love that about Cutler because that was him. He was always that, like, I, was gonna say. I, I love, that was my favorite thing about even him. Even if he's an asshole, I kind of love it. I did he's love himself. It. I loved it about him. Give me that
1: over somebody who is you don't know obsessing over how they received every. And you know who that would be broadcast? for me would
2: be Trubisky, where as oh, much really? as I just didn't know if he really believed in himself. Where Cutler was like, "Look, I know I'm good enough. You just, you know, you sign that guy. I know well, you're not like you should. You messed up. You could have taken me too." You, that,
1: that's not a bad point. I mean, I got to know Trubisky pretty well, and like he didn't have that he, like he, he I'm tried. The, I'm he really worked at it. I'm the man almost to the extreme like he was really trying to <laughs> study leadership and reading that book yeah. um captain's class and he uh I mean, he went above and beyond trying to research how to relate and like which you can't fault him I think yeah. that it, it's impressive no cause he, a right. lot of a lot of teammates liked him as a person it wasn't even that right but it it's was... gonna be natural right and and for better
2: or worse Jay cutler was natural he wasn't he was who and he was his whole but he never changed from bandy to wherever he went it's it's I always, I always liked him for that.
3: And that's a big Josh Allen thing, isn't it? I mean, that yes. guy's comfortable in who we, with who he is. What do we, and, see, yeah. we
2: say that all the time, Matt. We sit here and say, I've never heard – there's not one thing I don't love about
3: him, his so press conferences. What's, Every, what's interesting is there were non-Bill Scouts leading after that draft that said, you know, we met this guy – We had a private with him, or you know, we had a combine visit, and he was like kind of a dork. Like I'm not sure if he's like the alpha type that you really want leading. He he kind of came off like a little nervous, a little weird, a little bit of a dork. What's so interesting about scouting is you can have one team that sits there and says that, which is 100 percent, 100 percent true about Josh and Brandon Bean, and them saw that and found (laughs) it endearing. They're like this guy, this is who this guy is. He was nervous. Brandon Bean pointed that out multiple times. The first time they met him at the senior bowl, he was really nervous and they thought, you know, this is, in, you know, this is interesting, but Brandon Bean took it as like, this guy really cares. And like, this guy is, and then the next time he was more comfortable and the time, you know, they met him again and he was even more comfortable. All of a sudden he's like owning the table and like being himself and opening up. And so Whereas a couple of area scouts that met him for 25 (laughs) minutes at the combine said, this guy's a dork. He, you know, he's not comfortable. He's not commanding the room. Brandon Bean, you know, peels back the layers as I'm sure a lot of teams did, but it's just, he's just a guy who is comfortable with who he is. And I think teammates really like him for that reason. And I think there were people that questioned whether he could be that guy in the room because he wasn't your typical Jay Cutler asshole type, but (laughs) It's worked out because he's him. And then he grows and matures, and now he's a man. He's not the same kid coming out of Wyoming that was nervous and tripping over his own feet. He's grown into himself and found who he is even more. You wouldn't believe the overthinking that goes into a player.
2: When we drafted Trey White, Sean McDermott was on the phone with LSU's um, coaches, you know, like two weeks maybe before the draft. We were talking about – Adams, the safety, and Trey White, you know, talking about those guys. Sean got off the phone, and he looked at us, and and Adams was, like, off the charts, everything, you know. Trey was, for us, was off the charts, too. But here's what sold kind of Sean and all of us was, I don't know the exact, I don't want to say, because I don't know the exact coach that Sean talked to at LSU at the time, but he told Sean that Trey White was every bit of a dog, if not more, than Jamal Hmm. Adams. And Sean was like, "Hey, for a corner to have that type of, you know, that type of character too, like that—that that really made us feel good about Trey." Obviously, Jamal went a lot higher, but it, it's the overthinking. And then I'll, I'll one more story on the overthinking: Jairi Evans from the Saints, who I, you know, my dad coached at Bloomsburg. I scouted. We drafted in the fourth round, and when they asked me about him, I've known him his whole life as a freshman, all that. I said, yeah, you know what? If we take him, it's going to take some time. You know, he played division two. He played right tackle. We're going to bump him the guard. You know, he hasn't done a lot of pass pro at, at, at his level and his offense, blah, blah, blah. I was, I was overthinking everything. He started at right guard as a rookie and is now in the Saints Hall of Fame and will probably be in Canton someday. Like, that's how much you can overthink things where I'm like, he needs a year to learn. You know, that as a, I knew Jairi more than anybody. And I said, he's going to need a year start as a rookie never miss a game
1: look at Ozzie Newsome with Baltimore right we were just talking about so last week where if you have those instincts sometimes think don't, it, so don't you just trust
2: what it's, you see it's right there in front of you if you can trust it and really and the scouts know these guys and I love your you need, hearing, conviction, I, I right?
3: talk, you, need yeah. you need to have the conviction and I think it's one of the interesting things about the draft as it plays out, you know, you mentioned Belichick trades down and everybody thinks he's a genius. And part of that, I think, is Belichick's conviction in the fact that the more picks he has, the better off he is. And, you know, he's going to find the the good mid-round values and he, he doesn't need the high pick, whatever. But you go to Brandon Bean and he comes out and says it and says, if there's a player sticking out and all I need to do is move up two or three spots oh. <laughs> to get a player I'm excited about as opposed to somebody I'm not, I'm going with the guy I have conviction on. And when I did that story following him around on the scouting trip, that's what became clear to me. Like, Brandon Bean didn't have the traditional, like, area scout upbringing. Yeah. And I think he has a chip because of that. But he also mentioned that, that. you know, he mentioned – that if he's going to like he has this job right he's the general manager of an NFL team not a lot of people get to do that and he's like if I'm gonna have this job and I'm gonna do it and I'm like if I'm gonna fail I'm at least gonna fail with guys that I had conviction about that I saw up close that I did the work that I went through the right process at least that way I know like I I did this thing and I think that's I, I I think, honestly, it probably makes that scouting staff, that front office, enjoy it. Like, I, I imagine working for him is very rewarding because he includes a lot of people. Oh, and, and he's the type of guy who goes out and walks the walk, doesn't take himself too seriously, oh, puts Matt, in the just, work. Here. And he's willing to say, look, we went through all these meetings. I made these scouts sit here for hours on end telling me every you know little thing about this guy's brother and this guy's dad and (laughs) where he grew up and how many times he got busted for pot and we set this board and we said Elam is the last first round grade and we're sitting here two picks yeah should they have given up a fourth I don't know what the chart says it probably wasn't a good value but doesn't doesn't matter at least I at least respect the reasoning of saying look this guy was sticking out and if we were going to wait and get a guy we weren't pumped about like, I'd rather go get the guy, and Matt, I think just, people probably like that. In you the just building. summed
2: up, if 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 area scouts could listen to this podcast, that is incredible. And not to mention the amount of time area scouts are away from their families, and for the GM to value the area scout, Mickey Loomis for the Saints did that with us. It it makes you okay with everything you're doing, and and hey, I value. I'm listening to you. I'm valuing what you're saying. Whether or not we agree, I'm listening. And, man, it goes a long way. And if those scouts believe in Brandon being like that, that's the key to a, a front office. It really is. They have to buy into the GM. They have to buy into the GM is going to listen to what you're saying. If they think, if they think what, you're, what they're saying is in one ear, out the other, you're going to lose them. I'm not going to lie. It happened to us in Buffalo for a lot of reasons. I could yeah, see it with the scouts. I could see it. You know, they they knew we were, they knew it was it didn't they were like, Man, you guys don't even this the situation was so bad that I could tell they knew it was bad. And and they didn't give the effort, you know, that we needed from them. And and it was our fault too. I would just say
1: affect everything. It,
2: it it it's they're the scouts, nobody understands it. Matt, Tyler, you guys do. Area scouts are the backbone. Yeah. You don't know
3: who they are, but they're the backbone. It's true. It's, yeah, it's more of a private investigator type of role. No, so, oh man, it's so true. Half, and,
2: and every GM, every GM that, and I'm sorry, I want you, but every GM that that respects those area scouts, I promise you, if you study those drafts and those teams, they're good. Whether or not, well, the quarterback always well, makes at a difference. Look the
1: Giants; but, they're going from a front office nightmare. Dave Gettleman nightmare. that was a shit show, shit show. In just about every way the assholes need not apply sign on the desk but they had a good firing a long time. good football people right. you bring in brandon beans right hand man joe shane and he's bringing his own people now he's trying to rebuild they did what everything we said. that we're
3: talking about
1: yep. a, a, they a well get... oiled machine of a of a scouting department The
2: giants need to get the quarterback they need to strike gold
1: doesn't that
3: doesn't that show you though too that just popped into my head as you're talking about it, how much of a mess it was under dave gettleman oh doesn't that just show you that maybe there are times that we draw too close of like a lot of people would have said like oh brandon bean came from the dave gettleman tree right like
2: right like, they don't right. Even, and they i guarantee they barely and they get a, work
3: together they, 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 they get along you do, know they
2: barely work together they barely
3: work point together. being like we probably draw too many lines way like that, right now, like yeah. very fair to do it with Joe Shane and Brandon Bean, because Joe and Brandon worked together and Carol. Joe was an area scout.
2: Brandon was the cap guy and did some scouting. And they were yes, really, they tight, have a history like,
3: tight, you know, and worked really closely in Buffalo, but like hundred percent, just because you were in the same building with a guy or you were some guys no quarterbacks no coach, like doesn't mean no you're going to run, no run your building the exact same way that he does. No in no fact, doubt, maybe sometimes you look and say, gee, Dave, isn't that fun to work for when I get to do it, I'm going to do it this way, you know? And I think, you know, geez, he's really not, there were, I think times where Gettleman, you know, I think Brandon Bean covered some things up sometimes in Carolina, some blind spots that Gettleman had for uh, cap stuff and uh, things like compensatory picks times that, you know, Agree, Some of these old school football guys just, you know, think they, they know the <laughs> you have
1: such a great point though, Matt, like we were all judged off of our relationships with our editors or our bosses right. or our associates. Like right, it's, it's
2: very It's, it's all compared.
1: It's, it's all very different. different. Like, think anybody listening out there, <laughs> think about if you were like, if everybody tied your identity to who you worked with, it would probably drive you insane. I'd love to give Brandon in an honest moment on Dave Dettelman. That'd be great. Let's bring him on. I do think, I
3: do think they get along from what I understand. Uh, I've Um, actually spoken with Dave. He's, he was, he's a Boston guy. He's a, people
1: say he's great outside of work. Even the people I talked to who are extremely critical of Dave Gettleman say, my family had dinner with his family. It was great. And then we got into the office and then we worked together day to day. And it was hell. That's He's such a fascinating front office exec GM. I just, there's a lot of layers there, but, yeah, he ran the Giants through the ground. It's like
3: what can you do? Hey, happens to the best of us, right? I'll yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, you want to Want juice? We're drinking a little uh, juice box boy, double IPA and Hamburg Brewing Company.
2: You know, you guys, why you guys are so good at your professions and careers? Because you do the work to dive into more than – the, the, the headliners, as head I call them, the head coach, the quarterback, right? That's the headliners. Everybody wants to talk to those guys. But for you guys to do the deep dives into the scouting part of it, you're going to find out how things happen. Like, I mean, obviously, we've talked about it on this pod. Well, of, it
1: takes relationships it, conversations, right? I mean, it's, I, the story the willingness of people like right. you to talk about it.
2: Well, not everybody wants to because, yeah, but it's just – it's just incredible to see it from the fall to the draft. And to see the turns, the changes, and I liked him. I didn't like him. I heard, I got a call from this guy. I got a call from this guy. It's just, like, unbelievable. The drama that goes on up till draft day, up until that day when Coach Payton called Urban Meyer and couldn't get a hold of him if we wanted to draft Aaron Hernandez or not. Which I can't let an
1: episode pass if I don't <laughs> plug the book, Jim. I just can't. You see, segue, it, you see how I segue that? You see how I'm getting good at the segue? Like let's just like, say that may not. or may not be in the blood and guts how tight ends say football. And let's just say Jim Monas may or may not have been a character involved in this book.
2: I just love the drama. Can of, confirm. Can confirm and love the drama of drafts. And you guys do everybody the cert, everybody that loves football and reads you guys. You guys give them the inside stuff like that that it's not just the coaches and quarterbacks. There's so much that goes into it. Well, there's people and let me just blow a little smoke up Matt's ass here because he
1: won't do it himself. But like Matt is one of the rare beat writers who is driven mm. through that prism. Like you, you can just I mean, we hit it off right away on the beat
2: because you we guys were, we want to know the stories. Yeah. But
1: I feel like we just we would talk about the job, talk about the team, and it was like our juice no got flowing. No Matt's wired the same way, and it's I don't know. I mean, there's, there's people out there who do a good job, but I feel like a lot of people who cover the NFL, they just kind of like being part of the NFL. Let me just wear my nice suit in the press box. Let me take a picture for Instagram. Let's all just be excited that we're here and we're a part of the party. And Man. they don't want to dig. They don't want to investigate. They don't want to do the deep dive. It's just, let me just spit out this gamer and you know maybe I say something witty to Aaron Rodgers at a press conference and maybe I can tweet about it and maybe I can be part of this all. And then you get all the retweets, you get all the likes, and you go on your merry way. Matt's not wired like no. that, and that's why we have him on here, and that's why he's one of my best friends.
2: You guys would be, you guys would be great area scouts if you had that passion. You guys would be incredible area scouts. Like, like I'm not in a position to ever get that job as a GM, but I honestly, if you guys right. wanted to do it, I would hire you guys in a heartbeat. Like, let's go. It, it's
1: kind you of a guys similar. Have,
3: there's yeah. a crossover between being a reporter and being no a No question. Like you no need question. sources, you need contacts, you need sources people to trust they... you.
2: Think you know, like who can yeah. I talk to other than the head coach who's just gonna say he's great.
3: Right. Of course. Yeah, he... you need you need to think of who are you gonna ways. talk to?
2: Yes. Who are you gonna find? You're trying to
3: put together the story of who that player in person is. Yes, a fraction of it is how good is he at football, but frankly, the general manager is going to tell you what he thinks about how good he is at football anyways, and his opinion matters the most. It's, no, I, okay, it's, that's a piece yeah. of it, but who is he as a person? Who is he as a locker room guy? Not every GM is going to be able to get that nope. on their own. They lean on the area guy to tell him, okay, you know, yeah, you could have your 25 minutes at the combine or your private interview or whatever where you think you're getting the full character, but the real, you know... You spot uh, Justin Blackman, right? You know, I'm sure some area <laughs> scouts have Justin Blackman stories about you know red flags that were there. Um, oh, no you know, question, and, that. no question. You know, you spot things with different. You know, not, I don't know. Not to throw Justin, I don't know. That's the first thing that popped into my no. Head, I, so. I, I apologies, love that you his name apologies no, Matt, to Justin I thinking, Blackman. I, was I don't thinking, know. That was
2: the first thing I was thinking. I was like, I, why but, did you? Think
3: but that's I like an area. For you. That's like an area scout type of find you know where you you dig some stuff up and you say i don't know if we want to you know aaron hernandez is an extreme example because i don't think any area scout thought that was coming anybody no you couldn't predict that matt but it was but there were this the the strange part was the
2: unwillingness (laughs) it was the unwillingness of people to really talk about him and then when coach Payton reached out to Urban and couldn't get a response it it validated everything that I was dealing with at the University of Florida where people gave you enough but didn't want to say like look I don't want to that's tell you Florida though I'm sorry I get it they no, Urban no, Meyer just, and these coaches him. want to get their guys drafted
1: but at some point your ass is on the line your but, reputation's on the line tell these teams okay, but, this is a bad person do not And that's
3: you. the different that's the difference between area scouts and reporters is I, I can understand coaches motivation for being truthful and upfront as possible with area scouts. Sometimes that's easier to decipher with yeah, a, a reporter is like, sometimes I wonder like, why is this person talking to me? Some people just want the truth out there, right? They just want stor- the story to be told. But I think people are a bit more hesitant with reporters than area scouts for probably good reason. You know, there's, more to gain from being honest with an area scout because hey who knows maybe you're the position coach at Oklahoma State you're the GA at Oklahoma State and you've got some intel on a player and Jim Monas is hanging out at your campus and in a couple years Jim Monas might have an internship open or he might have something open and he's going to remember that guy that was honest with him or you're Urban Meyer and you just have a reputation well it's a bad example because he probably doesn't have that reputation. No, but no, you're good. You're Matt. a you're head good. coach. What you're saying it's true. You're yeah. a, you're a head coach, and your Urban would tell the people he, your, he, your reputation is you're going to get a straight answer on these guys. You're going to get, right. and they're going to come back to your program and oh. and want to, you know, yeah, they want to get their
1: guys paid too to an extent, though. Right? Well, that
3: that's definitely true. But I'm saying I they can see the that, motivation. Right. If you're that should be a logical motivation for some coaches to say. I want as much as possible Uh, these guys to come back and know they're getting a fair shake. Not everybody's like that. I'm sure there's a lot of college coaches, especially probably, you know, some of these smaller schools. It's probably a little bit tougher. They're like, "Geez, I this is our chance to get a guy out there." they don't sell. They don't sell anybody out, Matt. You're exactly right. No surprise that nobody had anything but glowing things to say about Cole Strange. Now, I think it's because cole strange is that type of guy he's just a pretty clean He
2: probably probably is right you know he's
3: just a pretty clean all about football hardworking kind of guy but he also went to chattanooga and chattanooga doesn't get a lot of phone calls from nfl scouts most years and uh you know jim monas popped through one time to see cam newton but (laughs) they were
2: it was it, it fell right on the schedule
3: but you know like so i don't know motivations are different everywhere but you know, I can see the motivation a little bit more when you're talking to the scouts because word gets around if you're not honest. And, you know, I think no doubt your word starts to mean less. And then when you do want to pump up a guy and you do want to help out one of your guys, like Ty's talking about, your word doesn't carry as much weight because you're sitting there saying, wow, Urban's gassing this guy up, but he also gassed up this guy last year and he was a dingus. So like, how can I... Yeah you know, who do you trust, I trust them? So that's no, it's, it's the same so, thing we do as reporters, right? The same guys, thing we do where same, you have saying, a guy that throws a quote at you or, you know, t- a source that tells you, man, like this guy's going to be great. And you start kind of forming your opinions based off that. And then it's totally off base and you realize, well, or, you know, we're all kind of doing the, the same thing in that regard. And do you guys feel fruit. like the more you cover a beat,
2: okay and when i'm saying the beat like i'm using that as an area for an area scout beat for you guys the more you're on it the more you get to know people right right and, and find out who really who do i need to talk to or who is sniffing around or who's that guy they used to tell me that you know I, I remember when i first started scouting in the southeast that's a big deal in the area world right oh you're scouting the saints hired me as the southeast area scout i was northeast for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm going to the Southeast and they're like, it's going to take time. And it did. They looked at me and you guys may have experienced this before, but they looked at me like, uh, who are you? And what are you doing here? Watching our practice? Like, yeah, I know you're allowed to, but everybody worked with this GM of a team, right? What are your credentials? Like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I've seen him on TV. Who are you? Cause everybody's there. And it that's takes me time. right now
3: coming to Boston. Right. Did you feel right. that? Did you feel that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I met, met Robert Kraft and, you know, he, he was, you know, saying like, Oh, this guy came from Buffalo. Like, can we trust him? You know, like joking around and you know, that's the way true, Robert though. Kraft is. But, but I think when I first got here, I mean, readers, um, there's and it is the type of, I think Boston is the type of media market that the Southeast is for an area scout where I agree. it takes a lot of time to, no doubt. you know, break in. And I think, you know, to your point, like the longer you spend on it, that was one of the cool things that I probably took for granted at the end of my time on the bills was I mentioned Taron Johnson making that big play. And I just like pull out my notebook and have all sorts of reporting on Taron Johnson, because you have talked to him a bunch and I've talked to everybody who scouted him and the whole thing. And it's college coaches. And it's like, well, now I have all this stuff that's going to make my column sing that, other people don't have because I've been here a long time. All, all of a sudden, like, it was like, wow, I've been here a while. Nobody on the field can make a play where I can't do that. I can't, like, pull out my notebook and say, all right, like, who is this guy? How did he get here? What is his story? What's the significance of him making the play? And it's the same as a scout when you're like, okay, this, finally, let's say, I think Tennessee is probably a good example of the last five years or so if you were in the southeast. Tennessee for a while wasn't putting anybody in the league. It was weird. All of a sudden, like they had this gap, but then let's say you've developed the relationship with the right person and a good player comes along and you have good access to Intel, or they have some guy that's under the radar. That's where just having as many sources as possible, knowing as much as possible. So when you're ready for the moment, did I know Taryn, did I do that work because I knew Taryn Johnson was going to make the play? No. Do you make those relationships because you know that, Lenore Ryan is going to turn out a guy like <laughs> Kyle Duggar? No, but all of a sudden, you took a guy's business card at one point, and Lenore Ryan is in your area, and you stop by every year because you never know, it's and so you're nice. being polite, but you're building relationships, and then they have yeah. Kyle Duggar, and you're ahead of the game on the character and everything else, so it's very much the same game. When um, I went, yeah, all right. on, on the flip side, I mean,
1: you look at the New York Giants, and the Giants, they stink. Oh, we have a, we have a visitor. We're, yeah. We're, we're doing a little podcast here.
2: Really. Yeah. We are. Do you love we, the Bills? We've got to love visitor. Josh Allen. I totally love the bills. Do you love Brandon Bean, the GM? Just say yes. I love the Bills. Yeah. There it is. Love the Bills. You did good. Do
1: yeah. You want to say hi? You can say either. hi. We've got a visitor here at Hamburg Brewing Company.
2: Hi. Did you love Hamburg beer? No, Howdy. I don't want to be. Did you love the beer tonight?
1: <laughs> no, my son might like you, though. <laughs> Down uh-huh. the road.
2: How, How old, old is, is he? Listen to a little he go He's a college kid who is
1: right now, he just graduated from Edinburgh in sports and recreation. PSAC.
2: Harvard. I'm Bloomsburg. Grad. Oh, he's going. I'm Bloomsburg. He's going grad.
1: tomorrow. We're driving to Pennsylvania. He's running in the 5K. And he the is
2: 90. beautiful. He's
1: running the 5K in Texas.
2: Cheers and congratulations. Yeah. He's brilliant. It's hard to get into the PSAC schools.
1: Well, he won. They won. Goes
2: to I know. I went to Bloomsburg. I'm all about it. Oh, yeah, we're all in the peace act.
1: You don't win it,
2: Jim. I think you have a new co-host. No, I'm Edinburgh talking. I'm talking about the.
1: Movie. I'm talking about the education. So tell me about your package. You know, <laughs> we're we're, we're live, live right now. Right now you're on it. You're What's on. It football. Yeah, we should probably oh, get football. back to the it. The Bills. Okay. Well, we're major bills.
2: All right. That's all that matters.
1: Well, thanks for stopping by. Right.
2: Tell him to tell him he, to
1: subscribe to go long and we'll consider him. Go long. Go yeah. long. All right. oh, there I we know. go. So he's got a year and a half for his masters. Tell him <laughs> be friends with McDermott. He'll hire so McDermott. So
2: Sean McDermott will hire him and then fire him. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that wasn't on the air. That wasn't on. The air. No, we're recording. It's we're recording, Jim. We have the editor. <laughs> Perfect. Joe Paterni. Great. No, we're cutting all this.
1: I'm going to keep it in, I think.
2: Did I just did I just ruin the podcast? <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. I was just trying to have fun.
1: All right. So, sorry, Matt. Little did I know, same New York Giants would just ignite. How did that happen? I don't know happen anything happens here they're clearing out here in hamburg yeah so we got i'll out. make this yeah. point quick uh d- to this point I'm, I'm listening to your area scouts though so the giant series i did uh, i forgot in this i had to just pull it up marcus cooper is the southeast scout the who giants. i know very well you, you know him well when i was talking was to Bill's giant sources yeah bill's guy yeah right. that's right he was there he was telling gettelman telling the giants deandre baker is bad news do not draft this guy. Um, I'm, i just pulled up the story, people can read it if they want. He'd call Baker on FaceTime and ask if he was working out, you know, randomly. And Baker just wouldn't even answer his phone. You know, again, 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 again. That's the, that's and it's the, like these little things that they yeah. kept adding up, and he's this area scout. He's he's, you know, a certain place on that totem pole. But he wasn't listened to. And so what did the Giants do? They took Baker. They I believe they dra- they traded up to number 30 in the first round to take DeAndre Baker. They passed on so many guys, and you can go right down the list, and I think Debo Samuel, I think that was that draft, oh. right? T.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown. It's always that one player. Um, there's, I mean, you can play that game all day long. I right. get it. But <laughs> they should not have drafted somebody <laughs> right, that the area scout was telling them not to draft. And I think the teams that take those opinions into consideration I agree. are going to be ahead of the game. And it seems like Brandon Bean has kind of struck that balance. But
2: I hope you guys, I hope both of you guys continue to do what you do and, and dig, you know, try to reach those area scouts. Because they'll give you, they won't sell people out. You know, yeah. they'll give you what you need. But they know, area scouts know. Area scouts know what's going on with you the, players, with the players. Matt? That was a pleasure, Matt. That was awesome. It was good catching up. Always awesome, to good see to see you. see you guys. Hopefully, hey, we'll
1: see we got you in the person pretty soon. birthday card in the mail, by the way. We got yeah. it in the mail, baby.
3: Nolan, it's crazy one year coming up. Yeah, wild time flies. Matt,
1: we're all fathers. We're all tired. I mean, I on Twitter, I was uh, selling this as a Patriots Bills toddler podcast. So <gasps> I like, like that the toddler. We, we waited a while to get into the toddler talk, but we really sh- we needed to devote an hour to how to raise these little rugrats? right i can't right? contribute i don't know how to raise kids when when I does try, a, somebody
3: become a toddler that was a question i, I had i some people say it's the year but i really feel like our little guy here has entered the entered it a little or i think he's ahead of the I curve think, is what i'm saying
1: i think it is whatever you decide it to be
3: right
1: i think you it, just whenever, look at
3: him one day and you're like this little guy is a toddler
1: because he's a little ahead of sunny but i feel like sunny is entering toddlerhood now he's crawling everywhere. i think
3: he's a month older no one's like pulling himself up on stuff
2: I, he's, that's what i was gonna say i think when the movement starts i feel like toddler enters the phase
3: it's now i'm on parental leave again and it's exhausting i get to the end of the days and i'm just There's like the word every spent. time
2: toddler and i every time exhausting spent not, Go through not it.
3: even the uh you know the you know, sleeping at night and all that is, no, is it's not that fine. It's, not, it's it's just chasing him around all day and picking <laughs> him up. It's unbelievable. Making sure he's not you know pulling himself on you know yeah. stuff he's not supposed to and carrying him around. He's heavy. You know, it's like I gotta get in shape. He's
1: like a little dumbbell, <laughs> yeah. He's like a little dumbbell. Just don't fall just, into the cocoa melon trap. Don't do it.
3: Haven't done it yet. We've uh, Good the you. only thing that really he hasn't really taken to the television yet. We'll have on like sports in the background occasionally. And we had on hockey the one day, and the goal horn went off and he started cracking up. So that's really (laughs) the only time he's like interacted with the television. For some reason,
2: my son likes horse racing and the NBA (laughs) playoffs, but I can't figure out why.
3: That's what I keep saying. I'm like, oh, he really likes golf. I'm like, golf guy.
2: I can't figure out why.
3: I think he likes golf because daddy's got a lot of money on uh, Tom Hoagie this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> I always tell him, I always tell him on that horse race whenever it ends I say, okay, I'm going to turn the channel
2: now. But That's the best part about it. You win or lose in two minutes. You don't have to waste your time waiting three hours. Matt, Matt, you're the man. Great to see that was you. Fun, Everybody
1: man. read Matt Fairburn's stories, follow him on Twitter everywhere. Let's do it again soon. We, uh,
2: enjoy we got, your we got, we enjoy your, your uh herbs. yeah
3: and matt enjoy your off season yes absolutely we'll do guys You guys, you guys are just like me. scouts and enjoy the off. hopefully season. i'll hopefully we'll we'll enjoy a, a beverage or two at hamburg brewing we'll be back in about a month and a half ish for for nolan's uh birthday and in, in buffalo and hamburg brewing will, will have to be at the top of our list for our, our tour oh, yeah. to buffalo We'll let, we'll, let, we'll let McDermott know you're coming.
2: We'll Sorry, man. Tell, Yeah, I forgot 100%. to give him my address
3: change. I missed the Christmas card would, this year. He must have. Uh...
2: If there were two tables at Hamburg Brewery and Sean and McDermott had to sit with Matt or Jim Monus, he'd sit with me. You're not included. <laughs> you're no, actually, you are. No, actually, you might be included because okay. I think you're on the hit list. Who, who would he pick? Hmm. That's a good question. Jim, you know, would pick Jim. I think he'd
1: pick you. You're a football guy.
2: I mean, You're a football guy. Got, I also got him a $5 million yeah, you, a year
1: job. You, you did get him the interview, and you did push him to That has to mean something.
2: I feel like I'm best friends
3: with Sean. I'm going to call him tonight.
1: <laughs> All right, man. Let's do it again soon, brother.
3: See you, Matt. To see, ya. see you soon, fellas. Cheers.